This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. We are live. This is sick. Well, today we are going to, uh, we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear your calls. We want to hear your comments, your questions. Um, we want to talk about some stuff that's going on in the news and just what's going on in your personal life. If, uh, I don't know, maybe you're going through a, through a, a faith lapse. Maybe you need to get some encouragement. We'd love for you guys to uh, contact us. We are on Facebook Live right now at the moment. And uh, you can just leave your comments um, about anything that's going on. There's one thing that I do, did want to bring up. Um, there was a thing in the news recently that came out in the UK Mail. It was about uh, Lady Gaga. And it was um, basically just uh, some statistics that her company came up with. It's like mm-hmm. a mental health, health um, company. Right. And uh, I saw something about that last week. Did, did I send that over to you? No, I, I saw it, but I don't remember the details. Okay, I'm trying to find actually my piece of mail right now that actually has that. But it was it was um, some staggering rates of what's going on with um, this generation that's dealing with fear, mm. uh, depression. And uh, and suicide. So, what I'm going to do, Sean, is I'm going to look this up now. Okay. Yeah. So you know, there's a lot of things going on in our world today. That's why me and Ryan wanted to do this show um, during the week of Facebook Live here on, on the Whosoever's because we ourselves, like, we kind of go back in these things and like stuff that's taking place in the news. It kind of paints a picture of the culture as he's going to bring up some stuff of, of Lady Gaga. You know, I was listening to, to Joe Rogan as he was being interviewed the other day, who Joe Rogan's a very uh, famous podcaster, UFC guy, fear factor guy. Um, and he was being broken, like kind of weeping, crying because, uh, this last year he had lost many friends to suicide, you know? And so it's at every walk of life, you know, uh, many of us that have people that have come from the military, we know of the stats that are continuing to grow as soldiers come back from battle and they're young people. You have musicians like Lady Gaga and people around her circle. Uh, you have people like a Joe Rogan, the comedy scene and, and that kind of stuff. So it's hitting every walk of life. And so one thing that he was saying uh, was uh, how it's putting things in perspective for him. I know he's not a Christian, doesn't really believe in the Lord, but... Um, Joe? Joe, yeah. <laughs> but he was saying that um, it's making him really, like, wanting to value his relationships around him, his friendships and yeah. stuff, because, man, you don't realize what people are going through. A lot of people are hurting, man. So, this is an article that came out in the UK Mail, and uh, I'm just going to read a couple of the headlines in the article, but it says... Most young people are struggling with mental health. I, I told you before that I met with um, one of the sergeants from Orange County sheriffs, and he was telling us how, you know, we were talking about the mental health crisis, and he was saying how uh, weed is getting uh, legalized in a lot of states. Right. And he says that the, the statistics and the research that's not even released yet to the mainstream is showing people that are smoking this weed because the weed, it's – Way like, stronger than it's back like in the day. ten times stronger than right. what it was. It might have been like thirteen percent THC back when we used to smoke weed in the nineties. Right now, it's like eighty something percent. You know, with all the different oils and all that stuff. But he's saying that the youngsters that are smoking weed at a young age, because the brain is still developing all the way till age twenty four to twenty six years old, that they're smoking the high quantity of of THC that it's creating mental illness mm. at a very young age, schizophrenia. Wow 
bipolar, all these different things. So not only do we have that epidemic going on that's about to happen with the mental illness, but we also know that the increase of technology, the anxiety, the depression, all these things – I feel like the enemy, Satan, is just coming in like like a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. And then these statistics just came out with Lady Gaga. Her, her uh, company, you can look this article up on uh, DailyMail.com. Um, basically, it says, most young people are struggling with mental health. 55% under age 25 are stressed. Dude, that's a little bit over half under age of 25 are stressed. 34% sad. And 30% fearful, but they don't know where to find support. Hmm. Okay? So they're obviously getting caught up in all this noise. Then the article goes on to say, most 55% of the 2,000 people 13 to 25 years old interviewed across the U.S. said they were stressed. A third, 34%, felt hopeless and sad most of the time and nearly a third, 30%, often felt fearful. Those figures spiked alarmingly when the researchers looked specifically at LGBT community youth Mm. who were more stressed, 69%, sad, 53%, and fearful, 44%, than their peers who identified as non-LGBT community. Um, We're seeing this consistently. You brought it up. You, whether it is you know weed and strong drugs that are out there that are impacting the younger generation, whether it's technology, there's multiple things that are stressing people out that are leaving leading to like kind of an imbalance and an uncertainty and anxiousness, uh, which is leading to many things. We see people battling with depression. We see so many people bat- battling with suicide, and so you know talking about these issues, you know because. One thing that the enemy always wants to do, and we have to remember this, is that he wants to make us feel like we're all alone and there's no way out. There's probably people that are watching this broadcast right now and feel like there's no way out. They're kind of stressed out. They got a lot of things going on. Um, But it's a lie of the enemy of wanting to uh, isolate us in a way where we can't get help. And so we encourage you guys, if you are listening right now, uh, maybe you're struggling with some of the things that we're talking about. We're going to be talking about a lot of topics uh, here today. And you were bringing up in that Second Timothy chapter 3 where it says that in the last day, men will be lovers of themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it says perilous times will come. The word perilous literally means stressed out, stressed. It will be a, a, a generation. It will be a time in history where there will be such this vice of stress. And the reaction and the, the results of it is what it says there. It's like lovers of themselves, proud. All of this focus on self. And you look at all the kind of the new age thought, the new age philosophy. It's hard to, you know, work through many issues after a while. You can fake the funk for a while, but after a while you crumble. Yeah, 100%. And you know, it's funny is when you were saying that, I just pulled it up because I wanted to read it just so the listeners can hear the whole passage, 2 Timothy 3. It's it's titled in the New Living Translation, Dangers of the Last Days. Mm -hmm. And I believe 100% we are in the last days. I'm not like a guy of doom and gloom, but when you read this and you, okay, so what (laughs) we just read some some staggering numbers from from Lady Gaga's foundation. Mm -hmm. And then you just said about perilous perilous times, it actually means. Stressed, stressed out yep. and 
literally it's like that's like totally God because here we are. We're looking at the news and then we're looking at the Bible. And I believe 100 percent this is for this time. It says verse one, it says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, which is parable time, mm-hmm. perilous times, which is stress for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Hmm. Stay away from people like that. You know that last part when when we when it read uh, they will act religious but they will reject the power they will reject the power of God so they'll be going through the motions mm-hmm. and uh, they're just not gonna they're gonna reject the power of God so that's pretty pretty much what they're saying is they're not gonna head to the cross and actually deny self mm-hmm. they're just gonna be lovers of themselves gonna- by Christ His death His resurrection living a spirit filled life is the only way to have victory in our day in and day out life. And so that's what it's literally saying. Yeah, maybe um, uh, religious on the outward, but not really having a relationship with God is the main thing that it's kind of saying there in Second Timothy. This whole time that we're living in, I live in it. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're not talking down about, about this whole thing. We're, we, we're part of it. Yeah. But it's this whole generation with social media. It's the I, I post this and me, you know, it's like. That whole thing, people are showing their, their their moments, and then even the way everyone's running around, there's no there's no order. I mean, right. it's crazy. People are turning against the cops. People are calling out the president. I mean, it's it's there's there's like racism that's yeah, happening. No, in, in you got the whole Jesse Smollett thing that just um, just came out. Yeah, uh, he just got. <laughs> think about let's look at that. Yeah. Sixteen felonies, <coughs> and he got completely just released. And I mean, even like. You have like Democrats came against him, the Republicans came against him, you know, the liberals and the conservatives, they all, everyone came against them because yeah. this whole thing. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, because everyone knew it was it, what was done. Mm-hmm. And then he just gets released out of nowhere. There's so many things about that story that you can pull from and look at our world and see how many, how fast things have changed for and, evil or for fake news. Like, and, and I'm not just talking in the political realm. It's like on everything. Oh, yeah. That's like where people can start like a YouTube. They can start a Facebook or an Instagram, and they can just speak all this stuff. And you know what? We live in the United States of America. You have freedom of speech, no doubt. But one thing that has been, been lacking is people not having credible sources when they speak. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. You just, not real you just speak ju- journalism out whatever anymore. you want. Yeah. yeah, not real journalism. Because that whole thing, when it went down, I remember being at, uh, at the gym watching. It was all on television when the actual thing came out. And like, oh, man, this guy for this actor. And, you know, he was beaten up and all this stuff. And they had uh, Trump hats on. And they were, like, threatening to bleach him and saying oh, all this kind of crazy stuff. He had a noose. On, on his neck, like very like intense like story. So you had major political figures and actors and actresses that are speaking out from their Twitter, like support Jesse or whatever his name is, support him. Oh, this is the worst thing. And this is what happens when we have a president that divides our nation, blah, 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 going out on all of this huge rant only to find out in a, just a couple of weeks that as they're starting to do an investigation, wait a minute. The story isn't lining up. 
And there were so many like red flags mm-hmm. in the whole thing that it was getting flipped. And what a lot of people are saying is that he it was a publicity stunt. I believe he was close to being let go. I, I don't I don't follow that show or yeah. anything. Uh, but uh, many people looked at it as like he just wanted some uh, traction uh, with their social media because a lot of people nowadays, you know, they want to drive traffic to their different platforms, whatever it might take. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's true or whatever, as, la- as long as their name is in the news. And it's kind of backfiring. But the sad thing is, is this aspect of now all of these charges are dropped. And I actually just read a little bit ago that he and his lawyer are wanting the, the city of Chicago to apologize to him. You're a liar. Yeah. I'm serious. You can't make this stuff up. No. And and, it, and it's crazy. And we see it on so many platforms. Just, man. Get, just get your popcorn and just keep watching the news because it's going to get excited over this next week. Yeah. Do we have any comments or questions that have come in? Uh, we got one comment. As a Christian, I feel the church is not open to allowing people who listen to the music I do or the shirts I wear, typically rock bands. Also, most push the topic of suicide away. Why is this? I'll be honest, it pushes me away from the church but closer to God. So um, there's some people that are very conservative as far as uh, they only listen to Christian music. Now, Mm. let's just face the facts. There's a lot of bands that are out there that are not Christians that aren't singing about the devil right. or telling you to go commit suicide or to tell you to do drugs. There's actually nice people that are not Christians, believe right. it or not. <laughs> actually, I have a lot of atheist friends that are actually extremely yeah, nice, nice people. Uh, friends. Mm-hmm. And I have friends that are gay that are nice friends. So there's actually nice people out there. It's not all the devil music. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that whole thing happened like in the 80s when like, I mean, you know, that was like a whole play on it. Like, you know, it was the devil music. Then you had Ozzy biting off bats heads. I mean, it just inspired them all to, to really shake up the church. You know right. what I mean? To, to get everyone wild. But, you know, I will say this, though. There is music that is non-Christian. And if you're listening to it and the lyrics are gnarly, and then you don't want to be listening to that stuff. That's the bottom line. I, I look go through my whole library and I'm constantly weeding out stuff. Or I'll maybe hear a song and I'll add someone's album, you know. I'll hear another song and I'm like, you know what? This, the the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit in me, is telling me no. So you got to definitely watch out um, what you're listening to. But yeah. all main, mainstream Christians, not bad. I mean, I like a lot of classic rock. From, yeah, me too. I like a lot of oldies. None of that stuff's Christian. Yeah, you know, and I think. You know, like you were saying, I, I'm the same way as you're talking. The same way, like I like like a old, a lot of old classic music. I mean, from the '60s, '70s, '80s, or whatever. But um, but there are those moments here. It's like it's not doing anything good for me spiritually. I, actually, sometimes either. So sometimes I just kind of get rid of it for a while, yeah. not listen to it uh, a lot. Um, but there are different things. You know, one thing he he brought up too was like, why does the church not talk about like suicide? Um, Oh, is I know that what he said. Yeah, he said oh, yeah. that towards the end, you know, because he's bringing up these rock bands and then um, you know, people don't address the issue of suicide. I mean, I'm probably he's watched your show and yeah. studies that we do and stuff. And no, this is a subject we bring up, bring up a lot because and I don't think you can can deny that. I think a good Bible teacher, somebody that's doing ministry, you're going to want to know the times that you're living in. The people of the Bible knew the times that they were living, and that's what stirred up the burden in their heart. Like, we were lost and, and jacked up for many years, and so is what our world is battling with. You talked about, like, and you were joking, like, man, I have some Christian friends. I mean, I have some friends that are atheists, and they're cool people. 
I have some people that have these different uh, lifestyles and they're cool people. And I, for sure, as I know a lot as well. Um, and this is where it comes to where we have to be able to communicate with people on all walks of life. Mm-hmm. We got to be able to have dialogue with people that, that disagree with our views. You know, for me, I'm very secure in my Christian faith. And one thing I love about the Christian faith is you can't force anybody to believe what you believe. You don't you believe that the world came from a different aspect. I'm not here to force you and convince you that 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 I'm right. I know the Bible is true. I I really do. Um, But I can still have a relationship and talk to you and communicate with you. You know, this is what's happening in our world today, and it's happening quicker and quicker. Mm-hmm. There is such a divide in our nation right now where on the political realm, it's obvious, right? You're, you're Democrat, and you're for this and whatever, and, you know, the Republicans for this. And there's no talking. There's no dialogue. All of it is throwing mud at each other and throwing people under the bus. I was just earlier today, and it was one of these moments. I've been thinking about this stuff, and I was at um, I was at the Chick Fil A, and um, waiting to eat. And there's these three guys ahead of me, um, and you know, there seemed like they're uh, a few friends, you know, talking trash to each other, whatever. And right behind me, then a girl comes in, a girl and her little brother. And this girl had to have been probably 17, 18 years old. Brother was probably about I'd say 11 or 12 years old. And she's wearing a Make America Great Again at the Chick-fil-A. Where? At, uh, Chino Hills. Chino in Chino Hills. Hills. And so as I, as she walks in. Was she white? You know, was she white she was a kid? white girl. Oh, yeah. And her brother was uh, as a little white kid, too. And see, these three guys that are standing in front of me, it was the weirdest thing. I just felt this, like, vibe, like, instantly. Like, and I'm, I'm looking at them behind me, you know, totally, like, nice, preppy, you know, kids, kind of. And these guys are just like... Eyeing her, looking down, made comments to each other. I couldn't hear how, what their how comments these guys? were. These guys had to have been in their mid to late 30s, maybe early 40s. And she's how old? And she's like a little girl. She's probably like 17, no 18 way. years old, right? That's so crazy. they're like ordering their food or whatever. And in my heart, dude, seriously, like I was like, I was like all on like, like <laughs> alert, dude. I'm like, if these guys say something to this uh, chick, gonna... I'm going to say, I'm going to say something to him. Like, dude, this little kid, like, yeah. seriously, like move on, like. And but, dude, but that's, the vibe that's, that's, that was that's there, the vibe. yeah, it's crazy. Well, it was crazy. Yeah. You would think that she was wearing like this, you know, a swastika. Swa- yeah, it, it's just crazy. It's such a divide that the, the nation is so divided, um, it, it, and it's crazy. And I, you know, for people that voted for different people, like it shouldn't be like that. If if Hillary Clinton won, you know, and many people obviously in the she, church wanted yeah. have um, voted for her, but dude, no one's going to be like, oh, they're wearing this hat like I dude. know. Or it, dude, it got crazy this year. And all this kind of stuff. It's crazy. There is such a pull in the vibe. Where, and you're looking at this on many platforms. There are people, thankfully, on both sides that are starting to see it more and more. This cripples us. What? You're not going to, you're going to cut everybody off that doesn't agree with you? You know, they're struggling with this stuff on. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a while, but there is a whole new, uh, there is a whole new conservative revolution happening. Um, I follow uh, several of them on Instagram, but um, people are realizing that, you know, there's been a lot of lies and um, people are getting on on board with uh, what's real. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're just you have to literally get the facts at this point. Oh, yeah. And and that's it, because it's just a whole different time. Um, You can't get away with it now. Yeah. 
And know? the thing is, is that people are catching on to it. Is basically what I'm saying. People are catching on to it. There are people that do stories, especially in um, digital media journalism, where it's all about clickbait. You know, mm-hmm. you can do a do a, a particular like uh, topic or phrase or whatever, just something to draw attention from the person that's kind of scrolling by. And again, it doesn't matter if the the story's true or false. As long as you get those clicks, um, it means that you're doing something right. And that kind of uh, mentality, man, is just, just dangerous because it just mires together all of this garbage of uh, truth and reality and, and, and everything. So, Do we have any other um, questions that we want to address? One guy says, I would really like to hear your thoughts on Jesus and the money changers. So these are farmers coming from all over, especially during the, the Passover uh, celebration and all the different um, celebrations that they would have. There could be up to 1.2 to 1.5 million people here at that time coming in. And these people are coming from all over the country, and they're bringing their best animals and lambs and, and turtle doves and, and sheep to offer as a sacrifice uh, to God. And basically what's going on is what was happening is – they would say, hey, you know, this, you can't use this one. You're going to have to buy one of ours. So now you got these poor farmers showing up and they're bringing their little lambs or whatever, you know, this, this animal that they raised that they were going to offer to God that they actually put a lot of heart and soul into. Think about it. You know, they were like, I'm going to give this to God when we go into the temple. I'm going to use this as a sacrifice. Our whole relationship with God is a heart relationship, right? right? Mm-hmm. So basically, they're showing up and then they're just telling them, like, look, you can't, first of all, you're going to come into the temple. You got to change your Roman coin for shekels. And then on top of that, that, that sheep's not going to work. That turtle dove's not going to work. You're going to need to buy ours. Mm-hmm. And then they were selling those turtle doves or sheeps or whatever for like two times or three times the amount of what it would normally go for on the street. So they're getting taxed on the amount of, cause these people want to go into the temple. They want to offer, um, sacrifices you know, for forgiveness of sins and peace offerings and all these different offerings. But the only way they could do it is to exchange their money, get taxed on that, and then buy the animals from the the um, the religious leaders. Yeah. And that's why Jesus was so angry is because he – there's a parable that talks about the farmers that he left in charge of, of, of the nation of Israel, and it was this religious leaders. And he even spoke it to the religious leaders. But basically, he – Put these guys, God put these guys in place to nurture, to have grace, to mercy, to teach, to take care of God's people. But what happened is they ended up becoming corrupt and they ended up just ripping off uh, God's people from um, money. So basically what he did, he went in, kicked over the tables, knocked over the money changers, made whips, and he says he chased all the men and animals out. And it was radical. Yeah, no, I, man. I, I knew you knew that story. No we know that we were getting word that people are listening from Australia and Spain and Brazil. So thanks for joining in uh, us going live here during the week. We're looking to do more of these in the future. Um, but like Ryan said, continue bringing your questions in. Um, as we continue, uh, you know, just hitting on that point just really quick, right, is um, – yeah, basically Jesus gets upset in that aspect because what are they doing? They're misrepresenting God to the people. And that's a problem. Where How many people have misrepresented God to people? And they, they get angry with the Lord. They get bitter towards the things of God. And we've seen so many, man. The enemy wants to always distort, distort the character of God. 
And so Jesus had definitely had a righteous anger when it came to those that were doing things like that in the temple. Um, here, I got a question here. Oh, when I was younger, because I like different types of music, color hair, tattoos, stuff like this, my pastor at the moment called me apart and uh, called me apart and said to me that I was a black sheep and I shouldn't be allowed to be around others because I was a bad influence. Hmm. Ouch. Yeah, you know, and that's just not not the heart of God. A bad bad influence. Okay, so yeah. let's talk about let's talk about what the world is. Mm-hmm. What is the world? Because people say, "Oh, you look like the world," or you know, what what is that? What what is the world at the end of the day? It's the lust of the eye, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. Mm-hmm. It's not how you look. It's if you're operating and you're going after the lust of the eye, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, these are not from the Father. Where's that? First John? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you know that? Can you quote that whole part? Yeah. It says, um, do not love the world nor the things of the world because all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it's not All the God. things that are in the world, the yeah. lust of the eye, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh. Yeah. It's not of that God. That has it's nothing of, to do. And, and it's of the world. That's, that's it. So yeah. that's the world. Yeah. So colored hair. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, all my friends have t- tattoos. I don't, I don't, I'm not endorsing tattoos. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's people get hung up on all these, these little things. You know, I heard one person, I think Sonny told me he's all in revelations. It says that Jesus is going to be coming riding on a, on his horse. And it says on his thigh will be written a name that no one else knows. Yeah. Well, what is it written on? It doesn't say it's written on a cloth. It doesn't yeah. say it's written on a bag. It says it's on his leg. We look on the outward, no, the, forget the person itself individually. Like, and I think about people in my life that were Christians, like your dad, like my mom, like multiple people. It's like they allowed people that maybe they disagreed with, they didn't like their lifestyles or whatever, or how they would look. But you take that moment, like just to show love to people, it could do wonders. Love if, covers a multitude of sins. Love a kid like that. Uh, in the ministry, see somebody that's going through a, a lot, a lot of things in mm-hmm. your life, and just you know, isolate, point them out, make them feel like guilty mm-hmm. and ashamed for who they are. Mm-hmm. They're working through details. They're the young kid. Most of the time, know? people are cutting and have color hair and all that stuff during that time when they're young, going through a lot of hard stuff. Yeah, it's almost like a sign of like, go, go love on them because they they need it. Yeah, I saw some question about teaching about the wrath of God or something. Do you, do you know where that's at? Yes. It says, what is your opinion on churches that do not teach what the wrath of God means? Well, our opinion on churches in general is that you need to go to a church that teaches from Genesis to Revelations. You want the full counsel of God. Because if you, get, if you go from Genesis to Revelations, Scripture by Scripture, story by story, chapter mm-hmm. by chapter, book by book, you get the full counsel of God. Right. But if you're going to a church that only covers... You know, if they're doing topical studies. That means the pastor gets to pick on what he wants to teach on, and then you don't have to touch on certain subjects. Right. But if you just go through, like we, what we go through is our Bible at our church, and you know, with the there's tons of other churches that go through the scriptures as well. But just our particular church, Calvary Chapel, we just go uh, verse by verse, book by book, and you have to face every single situation because the Bible is God's voice speaking to us. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't want to. I don't like honing in on one thing. Like, well, what about the people that don't speak on the wrath? 
No, what about everything? You know, there's there's a lot of subjects. There's grace, there's mercy, there's the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there's the wrath of God, there's the forgiveness. I mean, you, it's the whole, you need the whole package. It you all need, works you need, together. You need the whole package. And the guy asking that question is probably bringing it up, but like, you know, they, people only want to teach on the love of God, which I mean, I love teaching on the love of God, um, for sure. Uh, but the, the Bible also teaches that God is loving, He is merciful. Uh, he's immutable. He's unchanging. But also he's a judge. He has to judge sin. And so you see in the Old Testament, people that say the God of the Old Testament is this wrathful and vengeful God and different than the New Testament is somebody that doesn't read the Bible, doesn't realize that all through the Old Testament, grace and mercy is just showered through the Old Testament of God's grace and mercy. Was there wrath? Was there judgment? Yes, there was judgment on sin. Christ came in his first coming to preach the gospel, to set the captives free, to bring grace and mercy, to die for the sins of the world, and to conquer the grave. And the Bible says in the second coming, he is coming in judgment. So, yes, teaching the full counsel of God, when you do that, you're able to talk about all these uh, topics on a very balanced way. That's the correct way to do it. 100%. All right, we got some more questions. Explain why it's so important to get plugged into a church. Got family and friends who do not think church matters, only a personal personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So, good question. So, I'm a skateboarder, okay? So, what if I called myself a skateboarder, skater, and um I don't read uh if I if I don't watch any of the skate videos, if I never go to the skate park or I never go skate, learn any, any, I never learn any of the tricks. I don't even. More live with Ryan Race coming up. Is everything all right? Sure. Call now. 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag live Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop-de-doo. Now, back to live with Ryan Reese. All right, I don't know the difference between switch stance or regular stance. Um, I don't know who invented the tricks. I don't know who the skaters are. I don't know anything about the, the whole skating in general, but I call myself a skater. I am a poser. Mm-hmm. I'm a poser. I'm a total <laughs> wannabe. I'm a fake. It's, it's uh, in the same way as Christians. If we call ourselves Christians, well, we better know what we believe. We better know about Christianity. This is why we have the manual, the Bible from Genesis to Revelations. Because in 2 Timothy, it talks about the Word of God teaches us and corrects us what is true and right. It shows us. I think in another King, in the King James Version, it talks about doctrine. But it basically, when we read the Word of God, it, it, it shows us, like James says, is when we read it, it's like a mirror. We look at it. And we realize what's wrong with our life. Yeah. And then we correct it. Mm. But if we're calling ourselves Christians and we're not plugged into church. See, there's a difference between reading the Bible and actually studying the Bible. Yeah. So I could read that story that I just told you about earlier about Jesus going in and clearing the temples. But when you study it, when you're getting it broken down from a pastor, when he's studied the books or the commentaries, you're actually studying and finding out, well, what happened during that era? What was going on? Why did Jesus go whip, whip everyone in the temple? Well, because during this era, this is what was going on during this time. You start looking about the culture, you're looking about the background, what was happening at this time, how the temple was operating with a shackle or not. Mm-hmm. So then 
That's why you go to church because you're actually learning. You're reading the Bible at home, but then you're getting it dissected and broken down in a very simple format at church. And then you have the fellowship. The fellowship is to you know come alongside with other believers that are just like you that are learning. And you walk through this life together and you'll be able to talk to people who come to pray together. And it's just really cool being around other Christians that are like-minded that are going in the same direction yeah. than hanging out. You know, if you're a Christian and you're hanging out with all your friends that, are, that don't believe, yeah. um, it's a different vibe. For sure. It's a different vibe. It's just a different, like when you're, when you're connected spiritually through, through, through the Holy Spirit and God, Jesus Christ, the conversations are so much more deep. Yeah. There's a lot more depth For to sure. them. I would, if I was you right now where you're at in your house, I would just say, Jesus Christ, I believe by faith that you died on the cross and raised from the dead. Because Jesus Christ is real, number one. He's in your face every time you write the date or you look at your passport or your ID. You have BC before the death of Christ and AD after the death of Christ. He's in our face. He split time in half. So he is a real person. Now, if you go to Israel and you go check out the tomb, the tomb is empty. So he is risen. He's not there. And how you will know 100% if God is real, and this is the coolest part, is that by faith, we believe by faith that Jesus Christ died on the cross and raised from the third day. And then what you do is you say, Jesus Reveal yourself to me. Now in John 7, Jesus says this. You've heard me quote it many times. But it says, Jesus said himself out of his mouth in John 7. Anyone that's thirsty may come to me. Anyone that thirsts for a relationship with God may come to me, he says. Anyone that believes in me may come and drink. Anyone that believes that he is the son of God, he died on the cross, he raised on the third day, can have a relationship is what he's saying. And then Jesus says this. In return, I will send my Holy Spirit towards the living water. So right now, if you're in your house or in your room or wherever you're at, if you're by yourself, if you say, God, I believe by faith that Jesus, you died on the cross and you raised from the third day, and I want a relationship with you, forgive me for my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. If you say that prayer right now, you will encounter the peace of God because that is the effects of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you said that prayer and you have invited him into your life and you encountered peace, I want you to type back to us and let us know what happened. We have explained why it's so important for struggling addicts to have Jesus and the Holy Spirit and not just a 12-step program or NA fallback. Well, the 12-step st- the program, the AA, that was all found on the Christian um, yeah. principles, number one. So that higher power that they're leading you to, that's, that's Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. Feels you. That's why Jesus says in John 7, I will send torrents of living water. He's talking about releasing the reservoir, opening the gates of heaven, pouring out the Holy Spirit, the torrents of living water to fill you, to overflow you. Because we are created to be filled, but it's to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be filled with God's Spirit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the thing about the, the AA program, it was based on Christian principles. But fulfilling all of those ideal um, requirements or laws or regulations, whatever you want to call them, without the Holy Spirit can lead to being frustrated. And the most important thing, you could be a sober, you can be sober from alcohol. You can be sober from doing drugs. But those are just vices. Just like people have vices in, in sex addiction and in, in greed and all these things, those are just vices. 
the source of it is sin. And sin can only be conquered by a relationship with the Lord where you can have healing in your life and you know where you're going, the direction. I've always said, I've never counted the days, the months, the weeks that I've been sober. But what I'm saying is when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're not worried about counting the days you've been sober because there's so much exciting stuff of what, what's happening in your life now. You're not even focused on that. I had to like literally look back and count. Like I remember, I think it was like five years I was into it, And then someone's like, how long have you been sober? You know, how many days you've been sober? And I'm like, dude, I haven't thought about that actually. Cause it was just like a, a it was just a done deal, you know? And then I heard, uh, I heard Chuck Smith say on the study, you know, okay. So, so, you know, someone says, you know, so, I think he was talking something like, okay, so so what if the guy gets sober? Oh, someone came up to him and said, hey, some girls go, hey, we pray for our, my dad. He's a, he's a raging alcoholic, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and okay, so pray that he quits. And then Chuck was like, okay, so we pray, if we pray for that he quits and he quits, but he still doesn't have a relationship with God, we have a sober sinner. <laughs> so, so what? So he's sober, but his name, like when he dies, there's hell. You know what I mean? More importantly is we want to get him introduced to Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and then God will work out the sobriety. But then we have, it's all about, it's all about eternity. Yeah, man. It's not about being sober. It's, it's about eternal life. And then as you have the eternal life, be, be, you're, then you're being filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. How we can all stay focused on Jesus and not worry about our future and other people and Christians but pray for each other. Okay. It's you. Stay focused on what's in front of you and what's at hand because that's where God's moving in your life. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Dude, Satan likes to distract. No. And, yeah. you know, and, and divide, so right? You so. guys, it's, a, it's the job of the Holy Spirit. We got to let him do his job. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you're, she's right. We're not supposed to be babysitting people. You, you, you uh, lead them to the Lord or you point people to the Lord, mm-hmm. but... You counsel all the time with people, right? Right. I'm more like crisis. Like I show up on a place, all of a sudden someone's like, I want to commit suicide and I'm there. But you're actually dealing with people that are coming in and you're meeting with them over and over. But you can only direct them to the Bible and to go live it out, like follow the word and do it. But you can't hold their hand. It all comes down to the cross. Either you're going to deny yourself daily, pick up your cross and follow me, or you're just going to go do what you got to do. And you can't worry. People got to... The Holy Spirit has to work in people's lives. Individually. Individually. That's how he does it. And We are not the Holy Spirit. The greatest counsel you will ever get is when you are sitting at the feet of the Lord, reading your Bible, or listening to somebody teach the Bible that is inspired by the Holy Spirit. That is the way that God is going to minister to you. And if you're, uh, you're listening, it can change your life dramatically. Well, look, personal testimony. When I give my life to God, I got a Bible. And I got plugged in church. And that's it. Yep. No one had to... I'm a grown man. Like, people are grown men and women. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about... Let's look at it from, like, a reality situation. We're talking about adults here. We're not talking about three and two-year-olds and five-year-olds. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're talking about grown adults that are, like, above 18 that you're like, hey, you know, you got you to gotta get plugged in and go to church. Like, it... We're, we're, we're adults here. You know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you gotta, if you give it, if you've had an encounter with God and you've given your life to Jesus, you know that 
you have to get plugged into church, but it all comes down to the person. That's why Jesus said to his disciples and his followers, if any of you want to be my disciples, you got to turn from your selfish ways, pick up your cross and follow me. Problem, dude, is people are caught up in the noise. They don't pick up their cross. Yep. You know, dude, the cross is brutal. You know, when I decided to stop watching pornography, dude, that was hard. Now, I was single. I wasn't having sex with chicks. <coughs> Pornography, secret sin. No one's watching. No yeah. one's there. I could act out. Watching porn feels good, just like sin feels good. Yeah. Drugs feel good. That's why people do them. But it had a grip on me. And, you know, finally I decided, okay, I'm going to deny myself. I talk to people all the time. They're like, dude, how'd you stop watching porn? Well, I basically picked up my cross and started following Jesus. How'd you do it? Dude, it was brutal. Mm-hmm. It was the it was the worst thing of my life. It was hard mm. because sex feels good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, drugs, you know, you're going to come down. Alcohol, you know, you're going to be hung over the next morning. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that, but, 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 you know, that's the thing. But people just don't want to deny self. And we've done it. You know, we're doing it with with the whosoever's and with you. What, what do you got coming up? Here, so this year we are at 59 schools. Uh, so far, and and we're we're thinking that we're going to be able to get to 120 this year. So last year we went to 59 schools. Okay. So this year we're at 59 right now. But with our tour schedule and every all the schools we have booked, we think that we're going to be able to get to 120 this year. We're going to be able to. Du- we're, we're praying that we'll double this year. That's crazy. Yeah. So right now, um, it's is, a lot of events. Still booking, or is it booked out? We're still booking. Still booking. So you know, like I said, we've seen like forty thousand students give their life to the Lord this year, uh, in the last three years. So Amazing. it's just, uh, it's just rad. So we have a comment. It says, "Experience doesn't determine truth. Pre glows, mid glows, after glows, call it whatever. The biblical tongues has ceased." It was a gift that accommodated the message of the apostles and those in the apostolic age. Mm. They were miracles and signs to affirm God's message and messengers. Once the foundation was laid and the New Testament letters were written, there was no longer the need and they faded away. The real ones are gone. The fake ones are always available. So that that's somebody that kind of um, goes down the line of being a dispensationalist, not, not believing that the gifts are for today. I think that the comeback to that is uh, Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever, and is unchanging. Um, I, I believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still in access. Sometimes people uh, trying to use um, in 1 Corinthians 13, where it says, right now we see in a mirror dimly, um, but now we shall see face, you know, uh, face to face and, and clearly. Um, and was using that as like, oh, these gifts were used um, in the particular time to the birth of the church. But once we had more knowledge, they weren't necessary. <laughs> I, I think you got to kind of stretch that a little bit if that's the, your interpretation of that particular scripture on 1 Corinthians 13, which is 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 all have to do with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 13 right in the middle talks about how you are to use those gifts and make sure you're doing it in love and in compassion. Otherwise, you're kind of missing missing the boat. Um, but I think that this is the, the aspect of like where people have different kinds of thoughts and philosophies when it comes to ministry. And it's okay. You know, it's something that you've been in comp- contact with. This isn't a place where you can you, you need to argue and like, I'm right, you're wrong and all that kind of stuff. It, came, it comes down to, do you believe in Jesus is the son of God? 
Have you asked Christ into your life? Have you been born again in the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. Is he working in and through your life? Do you believe in the... Uh, what the Bible says about the end times and, and uh, the deity of Christ. Those are the major factors. Um, there have been many different people that have different views when it comes to the gifts. So. I was at the Gideon's conference, and there was this guy, because there's like a revival breaking out in India. Mm-hmm. So this guy, this Indian, he had 250,000 names in books over three years because revival's breaking out in India people getting saved. Wow. So he was writing these names and basically what happens is the, the Gideon's president of Canada was praying, God, where do we go? We want to give away Bibles. And he was traveling around the world to find out where to go. And they led him to India. And then for whatever reason, from one city to a city, he ended up at the very bottom of India and he showed up and he met this guy and the guy, that video of the guy breaking out these books, like phone books of names that needed Bibles, 250,000 names. So they ended up going back and sent like 250,000 Bibles down there, like in a you know, couple of different shipments. And since, I mean, this took time to print that many Bibles and actually get them down to India. During that process, then they needed like another 250,000 Bibles because revival's breaking out there. So anyway, I'm at the Gideon Conference and uh, I meet this guy, this pastor. and Samson. Sa- huh? Samson. Samson, yeah, this little Indian dude, Samson. And I'm talking to him and I go, Hey, I go, how are people, how are they realizing that Jesus Christ is the son of God in India? Because, you know, they worship all these false gods, you know, these idols to the, you know, all the temples, the monkey God. And I mean, there's, and we said, well, how are these people finding out that Jesus is the Messiah? He goes, signs and wonders, Mm. signs and wonders, Mm. revivals breaking out through signs and wonders. You know, we were just, we were just in Mexico. We were just in Mexico at a pastor's conference and there, it was going on, and I took all the kids downstairs, like the, the maybe like 18, like I don't know, high school to like 20-something-year-olds. And we were in this little uh, room praying. And at the end, I felt the Holy Spirit lead me to pray for someone to see. You know, I said, hey, if someone wants to get, if someone has something, if someone has something going on in them and they need to get healed, or, you know, just raise your hand, we're going to pray. So there was a girl that, that raised her hand, and I said, well, who wants to pray for her that she would get healed? And uh, you know, right next to her, basically the girl laid her hands on her and she prayed for her. And, uh, basically right when we get done praying, she, she had her hand like clenched like a fist. Mm-hmm. And also she starts like moving her hand back and forth. Well, I didn't know what was going on. So at the end she came up to me and goes, Hey, when we prayed, she goes, I have lupus and my hand was locked up, um, for two weeks with chronic pain. <laughs> And I, I play worship and I wasn't able to play worship. And she goes, right when we prayed, my hand released. Wow. So then after her sister was in the room, said this was for real, this happened. And then after her pa- her dad's a Calvary Chapel pastor of Tijuana, he came up to me, you know, later on that night and said, hey, thank you f- for, you know, opening up for a time of prayer. She goes, but my, my daughter got healed because her hand was locked up with chronic pain. She couldn't even open it for wow. two weeks. And it just like released. Yeah. You know, we've cast the demons out of people, you know, that yeah. speaking in different languages. Yeah. And I mean, you know, when you when you see a demon possessed person, um, you know, they're demon possessed because the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. It's like evil enter the room, yep. you know, and uh, and they're speaking in languages. I mean, this girl was speaking in like a, a different language. She's like some girl. She was from like L.A. Her English was her second language. She's she grew up in like a, you know, in like a lower income you know, neighborhood. 
she didn't know different languages. You know what I mean? Like right. her, she had broken English. So the fact that when we saw her, she was speaking in like a different crazy language. Yeah. Like, you know, like this isn't even humanly possible for this to even be happening like this. So, you know, um, it's real. It happens. And uh, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, you know? right. and I would do this. If you are questioning are the gifts and are these things for today, hey, don't take my word for it. Don't take your church's word for it. Don't take your pastor's word for it. Ask Jesus. Say, God, reveal. Let me know. I've heard this in one church. I've heard this from this radio show. I heard these these myths. I want to know from you. You are the son of God. You are, you are the one that we look to. We don't look to man. This is what your Bible says. I know it's been translated this way to me, and I also know it's translated this way to me. Why don't you reveal yourself and let me receive send some get, let me receive some gifts of the Holy Spirit. Hey, what better way to find out about the gifts of the Holy Spirit than ask God to baptize you and send and, and let you receive some of the spirit gifts. If you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, then boom, there it is. That's how you'll know. He is our Father. He wants to send the gift of the Spirit. He wants to give you the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is how the body operates. Even if you don't believe in it, ask Him and see what happens. And no. then that's that. That's, that's, that's a good way to know. That's what I always say. Yeah. God, you show me if I question it. Because there is a lot of different churches, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of different churches and a lot of different interpretations. Um, and the best way to know is to study the Word and ask God to reveal. And you know what? At the end of the day, it is growing in a relationship with the Lord. I, I, used to like, I like what Chuck used to say. He used to say, hey, you know, maybe like your mode of um, teaching isn't found in this ministry. Hey, it's cool. Mm-hmm. God's giving you another aspect where maybe they're more of an emotional person or they're more of this or they're more, you know, square or whatever. But God's ministering to them. Here, here's an example, okay? So when we were talking to this demon-possessed girl, she was 19 years old. And were you, in, you weren't in the room. You keep no, it was, it was with uh, Wade, Adrian, oh, yeah, no, was there. and myself. So long story short, we're sitting there talking to this girl. And if you say the gifts of the Holy Spirit don't, aren't for today, well, the, the reason how we even got down to find out what was going on with this was girl, what was wrong with this girl was because the manifestations of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Word of knowledge was operating in that room discerning of spirits and basically what happened is um we were talking to this girl trying to figure out what was going on with her and by the very end as we were in there talking to her for a while uh wade after several word of knowledges and having to read the, the scripture and different things that was revealing what was going on in her life out of nowhere at the very end wade got a word of knowledge and says so do you she's like he goes so my question to you is, because this demon that she had, a, she had a demon inside of her that was actually talking to her, communicating with her while we were, we were in there. And it was lying to her. It was, it was deceiving her because that's what Satan does. He's a liar, the serpent of old. He's the deceiver, the dragon, destroyer. And basically all those things, all those lies were operating in her life. And basically she was, Wade goes, hey, did this demon tell you because she she said that this demon was going to basically you know make her successful and wade got a word of knowledge from from the holy spirit and he goes did this demon tell you that you were going to gain success and money 
through prostituting your body, selling, selling your body for sex. And dude, she just starts bawling. How would Wade know that about this 19-year-old girl that looks like Sam, a little bit older than Sam, yeah. in this room? Just a, just a normal clean-cut girl. Why, why would we even think right. that she would be selling? Like, I would never thought in a million years that that would ever happen. So this demon that was inside of her had her totally deceived and manipulated that she was going to gain success and money and power through selling her body as a prostitute. Yeah. How would Wade even know that about her? The gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's called word of knowledge. <coughs> yep. They operate. I got so many stories. What about that story when we were also with the demon-possessed person? I was in a rehab, and we were praying for this girl to cast this demon out. This girl, that girl I was talking about earlier, was speaking in a different language. like a tongue and like some who knows what, some crazy language. This demon wouldn't come out of the girl. And then basically, I started praying. I started praying in tongues. When you pray in tongues, you're worshiping. I'm worshiping God. I'm in the room with the demon-possessed person. I start praying in tongues, and then I stop, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, she has unforgiveness. So I asked the girl, hey, this demon wouldn't come back to this girl. So I asked her, hey, do you have unforgiveness in your life? And the girl goes, yes, I have unforgiveness for everything my mom did to me. And I said, this demon is not coming out of here because that's the foothold this demon has in you. You have to pray in the name of Jesus. You have to ask for forgiveness that God will set you free of the unforgiveness. And she said that prayer. We prayed that demon came out of her. I seen her four months later at our church in Diamond Bar, totally set free, totally coherent, totally normal. So... The gifts work. Yeah. They work. They work. And they definitely, they work in those situations. That's and, when they manifest. And usually when you have questions like this, it's exactly what I was saying before. When it comes to the different denominations, because there has been some people would look at, let's say the Pentecostal aspect is looking at this, like looks as dead, like the church is dead. Mm-hmm. And then those that have seen it abused because the gifts have been abused. I've seen them. seen it abused. Those churches right? scare me. And so... They just go far away from each other. But by doing that, you, you miss out on what the Lord really wants to do uh, through through your life. Mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that it is that they're in the middle. I believe in the importance of being able to qualify things by God's Word. That's important to have a good understanding of God's Word. And at the same time, being open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because the Scripture we keep saying, Christ is the same yesterday today. And forever, and we need power of the Holy Spirit to be able to um, to live this life. And out of the twenty-one gifts of the Holy Spirit, there are um, there are many different gifts. Not everybody has all of them, um, but you know, there's some that have a couple. There's some that have tons. There are some that have one. It doesn't matter. You just want what God has for you. Mm-hmm. Like I know for myself, I can't speak or teach without the power of the Holy Spirit. God has given me the gift of pastor-teacher. It's not something that, that I've worked for. He has given me the, the, the gift of prophecy and of wisdom and of knowledge and of discerning of spirits. I know that because you put yourself in a situation, God speaks to you about something that is on the person's heart in a situation or when you're communicating and proclaiming God's word through teaching. So I believe it's uh, an important to be relying upon the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you're walking with the Lord. All right. Well, hey, we'll be doing this again another time, another or same place, 
another time. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Saturday nights, we'll be doing the live radio show. Love you guys. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese. Hey, Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take, but I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the Team Us podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.